Well, look, we're on a great subject called the awe of God. And uh, I think it's, it's quite a great title for those that are not aware. Um, John Bevere has brought this book out, the series called The Awe of God. And we've picked up some of the thoughts from John. And uh, he's a great Bible teacher in God's Word. And uh, I just love this subject. And uh, I just think about that if, if only the world... If only the world was in awe of God, can you imagine what the difference this planet would look like? What changed? Because it's in turmoil at the moment. There's all sorts of things coming up. And that's where we need to make a stand for those things. You know, as I was thinking about this this morning, I was thinking about how even the churches can fall from the presence of God, can fall away from God. And we need to always be in awe of Him. Because when we lose the awe of God, we lose everything. When we lose that one thing. You know, and I believe God is coming to a time right now where He's shaken the churches. He's shaken the people to come back to Him. Because we have lost the image of God and we've made our own God. You know, my daughter years ago got a job in a shop called Build-A-Bear. <laughs> I don't know if you're aware of that. And you start with just the outlining out of, of a bear and, and you get to choose what you put on it and all that sort of stuff. And it's like that. We've gone to the stage of life where we've been so comfortable. We don't really need God, but we kind of do. We just keep him there in the background. So we have our own image, our own understanding of who he is rather than who he really is from his word. Psalm, one, uh, Psalm 33 verse 8 says, let all the earth fear Jehovah. Let all the people of the world stand in awe of Him. And I'm telling you, there's going to be a time when they will, whether it's here now or later, because the whole world will get to see Him. Every knee shall bow, every tongue confess that He is Lord. You know, the only thing that stops us uh, from experiencing God in a greater way is understanding the awe of God is the fear of God. The fear of the Lord. When we stop forgetting who God is and what He's about, that's when we fall into that trap. It says in Proverbs 9.10, The fear of Jehovah is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. True wisdom, knowledge, and understanding come from God. Those that fear Him will find it. So what then is the fear of the Lord? Because people get this misunderstanding, like it's to be scared of God. It was never to be scared of God. I like how John Bevere puts it together. He says, The fear of the Lord is to be in awe of Him, to honor, to tremble, to revere, esteem, respect, value, and venerate more than anything or anyone else. Is God your priority this morning? Is He number one in your world? Or is He just like there in case of need? Some people treat God as if like, He's just there in emergencies only. You know, like break the, the fire glass, press the button in emergencies. They treat God somewhat like that. But it's not, the fear of the Lord is not about being scared of God because you can't be intimate with someone you're scared of. And God requires and wants us to be intimate with Him. He wants to know you. He wants you to know Him. Not your own understanding Him. He wants you to really know Him. We can have this feeling and sense that, all fear is harmful too. And so when we see that word, the fear of God, we kind of think, oh, you know, that's kind of, we, we have in our image fear as being bad, but not all things are bad regarding fear. You know, because we're aligned with fears like with 
fearful losing our job, fearful losing our house, fearful losing our relationships. All these things can be under that banner of fear. But there are beneficial fears. A fear of getting too close to an edge of a cliff. That fear will stop you going over. Well, in some cases, we were in Ireland a couple of years ago and my wife and my other daughter was freaking out because we decided to venture off the cliff. <laughs> there was a cliff and uh, there was a little platform, but she didn't sort of realize that and I just jumped off and <laughs> landed. And said, what are you doing? And then, of course, my other daughters decided to follow. And so, uh, <laughs> but it was not the wisest thing to do because it's quite windy and slippery. But anyway, but is that fear uh, can be used in a good manner to keep us safe. And that's what the fear of God does, keeps us safe. Or that fear of not burning yourself will stop you putting your hand in an oven without a glove on. You know, I, I have done that without the glove. And I'm telling you, it, it's not worth doing. Um, <laughs> I like what Isaiah 33 verse 6 says. It says this. Uh, it says, and he will be the security of t- your times, strength of salvation, wisdom, and knowledge. The fear of Jehovah is his treasure. So in other words, this scripture here says, the fear of Jehovah is your treasure. And the benefits of those, it says, if you fear, the fear of God gives you security of your times. We're going through some unusual times right now, but I don't fear because I know who he is. I know he's got this all covered. It's all in his book from the start to the beginning, uh, beginning to the end, sorry. When we have God, the fear of God, we don't worry about any other fear. We don't need to be fearful of the world, what the news is pumping out, the lies that they put out, all these sort of things that are being pushed upon us all the time. But we stand for truth, security of times. It is a treasure to you. The fear of the Lord is a treasure, a treasure to each one of us. Security of times, strength of our salvation, wisdom, knowledge, all these things. To fear him means to obey him, to see all these things that he sees, how he sees things. It's about hating what he hates and love what he loves. Someone said to me one time, your church is quite involved with things. You know, we, we do. We make a stand for what is right. We stood for the walk for life. You know, someone's been involved with a fighting against the smart city agendas. We've, we've, we fight for all that is right in God's word because God has given us freedom and we should never allow that to be taken away from us. We stand for basically what God loves, we stand for. What God hates, we, we hate. That's basically, and God does hate things. It says that. There's six things. It's an abomination in God's seven he hates uh, from Proverbs. In Proverbs 8, 13 says, The fear of Jehovah is to hate evil. It says, I hate pride and arrogance and the evil way and the wicked mouth. That's the stand we need to stand with, with truth within our hearts, stand for the truth of God. If we have the fear of God, we obey God instantly. Like Abraham, you know, we were only talking about that in our connect group the other week about Abraham, you know. Can you imagine being God leading you up with your only son to sacrifice him? You know, but you don't see Abraham questioning or arguing with God, but rather you see him obeying God. And yet sometimes we have that struggle within each one of us to go, oh God, you know, really? Can't somebody else do that or should... You know, you're calling me to do that, really? We have this argument. But the fear of the Lord is trusting Him and going, just obeying Him, regardless of the outcome. Obeying Him when it doesn't make sense. Some things don't make sense. One of the most amazing stories I ever heard was in Pensacola in America, and uh, 
uh, and I've shared this once before, of a man that was uh, just been to a meeting and on the way home, he just felt the presence of the Holy Spirit upon him, tell him to pull into the supermarket. And he's going, I, I, I don't need to buy anything. I, I've you know, I've done my shopping already. I don't need to do this. So he's battling in his mind. So he, he shot past the, the uh, shopping center and thought, no, nah, that's just a weird thought. You know how you get those weird thoughts just jump in your head. And, uh, but this feeling would not leave him. And so he went back to the shopping center and he felt the increase of God's presence telling him to go into the shops. And this is the weirdest thing out. <laughs> The Holy Spirit spoke to him and said, I want you to go into that shop and in the corner at the end of the aisle, you'll find a, a Pepsi uh, machine. When you get to the machine, I want you to stand on your head. Now, who would do that? <laughs> You'd be questioning that, wouldn't you? You'd be questioning, go, God, no, that's not God. That's, that's, you know, that's just ridiculous. But he felt the overwhelming power to, or, or presence of God to push him to do that. He goes, all right. I'll do it. But he sort of went into the shop and uh, looking around, hopefully nobody's looking, you know, you know, that sort of situation where you go, well, let's be safe here. Notice there was only a couple checkout people there. There was a young guy there and someone else on the end. They weren't paying attention and he thought, all right, okay, God, you want me to do this? I'll do this. So he, he does a handstand on his head. And as he did that, he heard the young uh, guy at the till break down crying, break down like, and he's going, what's going on? He got back to his feet. He went down and he said, are you okay, mate? Are you all right? Is everything all right? He says, no, 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 it's not all right. And he goes, what's going on? And as he spoke to him, he pulled out a drawer and he showed him a gun. And he said, you see that gun there? He said, when I finished this shift, I was going to go home and kill myself because I had no reason to live. There was no purpose in life. I had no reason at all. And I thought, what's the point? I'm just going to take my life. Nobody's going to miss me. It's all over. But he said, but then in my desperation, in my last minute, I said, God, if you're really there, if you're really there, I want you to prove it because otherwise I'm just going to shoot myself. And he said, God, if you're really there, I want, and he just thought of this. He says, I want someone to come in this place right now, go to that Pepsi machine and stand on their head. <laughs> Because he was just testing God, you know, like going, if you're really there, you know, believing that's not going to happen. And of course it did happen. Sometimes things don't make sense. God will ask you to do things. But if you have the fear of God, you'll just be obedient. Go, I don't understand it, God, but I'm just going to do it. I've been in many of those situations. I don't know, but I'll just do it. And you obey him. If you have the fear of the Lord, you obey him, even if you don't see a benefit. Sometimes there's no benefit for you, but it is for the bigger plans of God. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. No benefit for them like to not worship them because they were going to get thrown to the fire. So, so often we think if we've, sometimes our thinking is we, if we've prayed or, or for something, we've tithed or done something good, good work for God, that uh, we can ask him what to do. It's like we feel that we have control over him. Like, God, I've done this for you, so now you've got to do this for me. It's not like that. There's no guarantee. Fear of the Lord is not about manipulating God. You can't manipulate God. Yet some people do that. But God, if only you do this. If you do this, then I promise to do that. No, no, no. You've got to promise to do that regardless of, in obedience. We are here for His purpose and His glory, not our own. 
And that's where we got to understand that we got to look to God rather than looking to this will promote self too much. You'll see it on all the selfies and all this. It's me, me doing this, me doing that, whatever. And we're just elevating ourselves. We should never elevate ourselves. We elevate Him. In 1994, uh, John Bevere talks about a story. He got a phone call from a person that was a friend of uh, Jim Baker, a TV evangelist. Some of you may know him. It goes back to 1994, so some of you may be young. But he had one of the biggest ministries in the world, tele-evangelists. You know, he was on every TV sort of show. Millions of dollars were flooding in for offerings and things like that. But obviously it was too big for him to handle. And uh, he committed mal fraud and uh, was sentenced to 45 years in prison, but they dropped it back to five, five years. Well, he's in desperation, uh, sorry, yeah, five years. On his fourth year, he'd read a book that John Bevere put out about the fear of God. And he said, I need to meet this guy. I need to meet John. I need to talk to him. Not knowing if he could ever get hold of him, but he got a friend of his to make contacts. And John got a phone call saying, hey, look, Jim Baker would love to meet with you. And he said, sure, sure, I'm going to do that. And uh, so he, he went into the prison, started spent about 20 minutes or so, talking to Jim Baker and said, Jim, whatever happened to you, man? Whatever happened to you? You had the world's biggest platform for Christianity, a TV evangelist, you know, amazing things happening. What ha- ever happened to you? Why did, you know, you fell in, in many ways. You fell in malfraud, you, uh, adultery, all these things. When did you ever stop loving Jesus? What, when, 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 did, when was the moment when you stopped loving Jesus and did these things? And Jim Baker looked up at John and said, John, I never stopped loving Jesus. I stopped fearing God. And I thought, wow, that's quite amazing. There are people here today, you can say you love Jesus, but you can stop the fear of God. People out there right now in church life can come, I love Jesus. Even people out in the world will respect or have some understanding of Jesus, but they have no fear of God. They've lost that fear. So it's like, I love Jesus, but Jesus is over here and I do my own thing rather than surrendering to God. So the fear of the Lord and itself must be taught because people don't understand this and it's not really much spoken of. Psalm 34 verse 11 says, Come listen to me, my sons. I will teach you the fear of Jehovah. We need to teach the fear of the Lord because without it, people will not understand it and people will just go their own merry way. Another story John gave was in a big meeting in Brazil, 5,000 people plus. He was the guest speaker. And as he was uh, sitting in the front row, worship was going on, all, and they all stand and uh, people praise, and he was involved in the worship. and was going, this is good worship, you know. But as he looked around, nobody was worshiping. Nobody was engaging. They were just standing there talking about their week. How's your week been, you know, during the band? Man, can you imagine what that would be like for you, how deflating that would be if we were not engaged in what, all this great worship you bring us into? Well, it was like that for John, and uh, he just felt the Holy Spirit says, I'm grieved right now. The Holy Spirit was grieved in that moment because nobody was worshiping God. Nobody had a fear of, of God at all. It's just like, hey, yeah, we love Jesus, but right now I'm just talking about my week. Not engaging. So John Bevere came to the altar when he was uh, introduced. He said, our guest speaker today is John Bevere, and uh, he said, all I could do was just stand there and look at people. He didn't say a word, and of course, everyone's just looking at him, and all of a sudden, it went quiet in the room. 
could hear a pin drop. And he said, you've just grieved the Holy Spirit. There is no presence of God here. You've just, you've just done the wrong thing. And as he started to share, he talked about the fear of God and our engagement with God. He said, by the end of that meeting, things had turned around. And he said, the presence of God was there again. We cannot expect the presence of God to be in our churches if we have no fear of him. We need to have a healthy, holy fear of the living God. We always need to be in that position of asking forgiveness that there be no barrier between us. The fear of the Lord brings increase, it says in Acts 9.31. Then indeed the churches had rest, sorry, then indeed the churches had rest throughout all Judea, uh, Galilee, and Samaria, and have been built up. And having gone on in the fear of the Lord and the comfort of the Holy Spirit, they were increased. Let's just read that again. And having gone on the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, they were increased. The numbers increase when there is a fear of the Lord. I'm telling you, I've already spoken to some churches even around Adelaide that have made a stand because they fear God more than the government and all these stupid mandates and things. They've made a stand for what is true and they have increase going on, increase going on. I just spoke to a pastor the other week. He says, through this tough time, we made a stand for what is true and what is right. We're not going to believe lies that have been put before us. And we've had increase. We've had, you know, doubled in size. So increase comes with the fear of the Lord. The church won't see increase without it. Spurgeon, the great preacher Spurgeon said, the fear of God is the death of every other fear. Like a mighty lion, it chases away all other fears. So when you have the fear of God, it chases everything else just disperses. You don't need to worry about things. You don't need to be fearful of what is happening out there in the world. But there must be a willingness to seek the fear of God. Proverbs 2, 1 through 2, 5 says this, My son, if you will receive my words and hide my commandments with you so that you attend to wisdom, you shall extend your heart to understanding. Yea, if you cry after knowledge and lift up your voice for understanding, if you seek her as silver and search for her as hidden treasures, then you shall understand the fear of Jehovah and the find the knowledge of God. A lot of stuff there that you could meditate on. We need to read God's Word. We need, like I said at the beginning of this, uh, of this sermon, we need to not build a God. We need to just give our life to the God that is there, the living God, the only true God. But when we've built our own God, we find it hard to engage with the true God. And we need to actually disperse that this morning. If you do not choose the fear of the Lord, God will not, restrain his judgment in your life. He will not restrain his judgments in your life, I should say. There's a warning in Proverbs about this, a warning for those who choose not to fear, have the fear of the Lord. It says in Proverbs 1.23, Turn at my warning. Behold, I will pour out my spirit to you. I will make my words known to you. Because I called you and you refused, I stretched out my hand and no one paid attention. But you have despised all my advice and would have none of my warning. And this is God's response because of that attitude. I will laugh at your trouble. I will mock when your fear comes. When your fear comes as a uh, wasting away and your ruin comes like a tempest, when trouble and pain come upon you, then they shall call upon me and I will not answer. If you want to engage, you want to hear God's voice, 
you need to be engaged with him. But if you're going to go on your own way, do your own thing, he'll have nothing to do with you. As it says, I will laugh at your trouble. I will mock you. If you think you can do better, if your God is better, you go for it. It goes on to say, instead, they hated the knowledge and did not choose the fear of Jehovah. They could have... um, They would have none of the counsel. They despise all my correction and they shall not eat the fruit of their own way. Sorry, they shall eat the fruit of their own way and be filled with their own desires. If you have no fear of God, you're left with your own thing. That's it, it's void. You need to understand the fear of God will change everything. When I was in the mountains of Myanmar, uh, 2015-16, I got to speak to some students, some uh, college students and uh, right up in the Himalayan mountains, group of about 30 or 40 of them, and we were speaking on, on the Ten Commandments. And as I broke down the Ten Commandments, of what they really meant and how we, we can so easily break them, I started having weeping happen in these students. Suddenly there was, someone starts crying over here, someone starts crying over here, because they realized that they'd actually broke the commandment. They had a fear of God, the, the love of God, and they realized that they had broken them as I explained these things through them. And I made a call. I said, look, just come forward. We're going to pray because God will forgive you. If you repent, God will forgive you of your sin. And as I made a call, I had like 30, 40 students come to the front, streaming to the front, bawling their eyes out on their knees because they realized that they had offended God. They sinned against God and they knew that they needed to make that right. This morning, we need to make things right. And that thing, making things right is when we come into the presence of God with that all for Him and not our own understanding. It says in Proverbs 10, 27, the fear of Jehovah prolongs life's days, sorry, but the years of the wicked shall be shortened. You want a healthy, long life, follow Him. You will live longer. The fear of the Lord tends to life and he rests satisfied. He shall not be visited with evil. The fear of the Lord will keep you from evil. The fear of the Lord is boundaries in our life as well. It stops us from doing things because we don't want to hurt God. We don't want to do anything wrong. When you have the fear of the Lord, it will change your direction, your path and how you handle things. Finally, Proverbs 22, 4 says, By humility and the fear of Jehovah are riches, honour and life. So the fear of the Lord brings riches, honour and life, not death. We want life. The conclusion to all this, you'll find in Ecclesiastes 12, 13 and 14, for it says, Now all has been heard. Solomon says, Now all has been heard. Here is the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep His commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. For God will bring every deed into judgment, including every hidden thing, whether it's good or evil. Now all has been heard. Here is the conclusion of the matter. Fear God, keep His commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. If we can do that, you will start having a different life. You'll you'll find your life will change. you won't be stressed out so much. So many people are stressed out because of fear, but they got the wrong sort of fear. They need the fear of the Lord, knowing that there's security in Him, that uh, as we keep His commandments, He is there for us. 
is fighting for us. He is with us all the time. This morning, that fear of the Lord starts with a relationship with Him. You cannot do it any other way. You need a relationship with Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ. That's your entry point, the fear of the Lord. And once you understand who He is and who He is, you'll get to understand how to live life with Him. And I want to give you the opportunity to make that decision today. We're going to do two calls because I think there's some people that need Jesus in this place. We all need Jesus, but have not given their life to Jesus. But also those that need to make a, an adjustment to their life. No longer I that live, but Christ lives in me, Paul declared. So that means our old life has gone. Our new life needs to start. So I just want you in this place right now, just close your eyes, bow your head before the living God. And I want to ask you this important question. Have you given your life to Jesus Christ? Have you asked Him to forgive you of all sin? For that's the barrier that is put up between us and God. And that barrier needs to come down today. And it will one simple prayer, asking Jesus into your life, repenting of your sin, changing your life, turning back to Him, asking Him to come inside you, fill you with new life. If you've never done that, or perhaps you once did it, but you've walked astray, or perhaps you're not even sure where where you are with God, but you want to be right with Him. Well, I want to pray for you this morning. If that's you, with every head bowed, eye closed, just raise your hand and I'll see that hand. And I'll pray with you. Amen. See that hand. Thank you, Jesus. See that hand. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. The fear of the Lord. It's doing the right thing by God. We're going to pray together right now for those that raise their hands, what we call a sinner's prayer, asking Jesus to forgive us. And it's good for us all to join in, to support one another in this. So if you repeat after me, Dear Lord Jesus, I ask you to forgive me. I believe you died on the cross to pay for my sin. And that you rose again from the dead. I receive you now as my Lord and Saviour and invite you to come into my life. I thank you now in Jesus' name. Amen. If you've prayed that for the first time or even make it a recommitment, I'm telling God, here's that. That's the entry point into starting your walk with God, start living the life of the fear of God and His true understanding. But this morning, I also want to pray for those that I just really sense that God is doing a work in a few people here today in regards to what does your Christian life look like? Have you lost that fear of God? As Jim Baker did, he said, I never stopped loving Jesus, but I I stopped fearing God. Perhaps that's you this morning. I want to pray for you also. But you know what? The start of all this is admitting those things. Sometimes we are so proud, so prideful, we just can't admit that that's me. But I just want everyone to stand right now. And today, if that's you, or you just want a stronger relationship with God, saying, God, I really have sort of walked away a bit. I just want to come forward now and just spend time with you. I'm going to invite you to just come forward. We'll get the band to play, and it's just you and God. Speak to Him. 
make a, a readjustment in your world to live for Him this morning. And I'm telling you, He will come meet with you. Let me just pray. Father, I just thank You today. God, as we come before You, we stand in awe of You. And Father, I just pray that those that have wandered away, have been distracted by the things of the world, will come back to You today. And Father, we stand together collectively. But God, we come before Your altar. And we ask God today that You'll forgive us for where we've wandered off track, that You'll forgive us where we've gone astray. But God, we acknowledge today that You are just. And God, You love us. And as we repent, as we come back to You this morning, God, Your arms are wide open towards us. You receive us. For there is no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. Father, I thank You this day. And we give You the glory. In Jesus' name.